0: <laughs> Mama. Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area, we are here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I am 42 and I have two sons, Alexandre and Nathan, making me a busy mommy of a two under two. So how is everyone settling into the new school year? Today, we are talking about how to keep thriving with children, which might be just what you're looking for. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hi everyone, I'm Heather Fox, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 41 years old and to Hudson, who is a year and a
1: half. I'm Tannis Frame, and I'm thrilled to be joining you gals today. I spearhead the Decide to Thrive revolution, and I got interested in that because becoming a parent myself uh, 11 years ago, I've got two girls, an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, and I just really wanted to dive into how do we thrive as parents. And so that's what I get to do day in and day
0: out. That's awesome. Well, thank you for being here, ladies. So Tennis, tell us about yourself and why are you so passionate about supporting
1: parents to thrive? Mm, well, it definitely comes out of my own journey. I am a mom of two girls and I'm married to my best friend of over 20, oh, yikes, 20 Something plus years now. <laughs> I'm starting to date myself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just found that that journey into parenthood. I started facilitating circles of women, um, mothers in new motherhood, and it was this profound transformation for so many of us. But we were all talking about sleep and diapers and how hard it was. Um, and about the kids, but there wasn't a lot of opportunity for us to really talk about who we were and what was happening for us in that transition. So I started to create space to have those conversations and then just got really curious about how do we thrive? Uh, Because I see, I mean, I felt it myself and see so many really drop into this survival mode of parenting and being totally overwhelmed. And I just sat there and thought, there's got to be a better way. So I've spent the last 10 years working with parents and studying and exploring and you know putting my relentless science mind to work on how do we f- really flourish
0: as parents, not just not just survive. And uh what do you think the greatest myth around parenthood is?
1: Oh, yeah, I think you could do a whole podcast on the myths of parenthood. I think so too, right? <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. <laughs> Definitely. There's You know, if I were to pick one, oh, it's hard to pick one. Um, One would definitely be that there's one right way to do it. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, that there's just this one right way and suddenly it's this bizarre phenomenon that we all become parents and before that we had different interests, different careers, different style, different interests, and then we become parents and suddenly there's one right way to do this gig. And I think that's ridiculous. Uh Why can we not um, honor each other as we uh, parent completely uniquely, just as unique as we are as humans? Why can't we parent that way? So I think that's a big one. And I think it gets us into trouble. Um, Another big one I'd say is that uh, we're meant to do it alone. Mm. Yeah, like the whole village concept uh, doesn't, not doesn't come naturally. Uh, I mean, I love what you've created here. And this mm-hmm. is a form of connecting as parents and exploring it together, not doing it on our own.
0: Yeah, I think it's very important, yeah. especially when we have those tough nights or tough days and then you have someone to call, or you have someone to go for a walk with and they're in the same boat as you all of a sudden. Yeah. It's just not that bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, you know what? Uh, I've been having these conversations with parents for over 10 years. And uh, even before that, uh, before parenthood, just humans in general, uh, we have this sense, this bizarre notion that these things that we struggle with, uh, it's just us. Like you know, can you relate to that? That you have oh, yeah, with somebody like, oh, no one else. Everyone else totally has it all together. I'm <laughs> the only one wrangling with this. And whether that was, you know, in university or in you know high school, like it goes way back. Uh, and definitely, I think it becomes super vulnerable and raw in parenthood. And uh, we forget that we're in this together.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so when we can come together like you're doing here over conversation and exploration and just be real about what our experience is and admit what we don't know and what we're trying to figure out and do that together, then it's a heck of a lot less suffering
0: and it's a lot more fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, giving up the looking good. You know, like the looking good, it's actually so heavy and uh, pretending that everything is fine and then... And at the end, it's not, and it's actually making things worse. And uh, yeah, I think that's a one big one that I had to give up myself. I can say right. Yeah. And sometimes you know, like I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> the know? facade. The facade. Yeah. Prior children, I kept joking that sleeping was for losers. Then I was like, no time for that. And I'll I'm sleep like, sleep when I'm dead. Exactly. Now I'm like pressuring my sleep. It's so great. But I. I but I think like I. I sleep when I go to bed when I. When it's good time to go to bed, I don't do it like I used to do when I was single. <laughs> but yeah, I think you have to uh, respect yourself. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think we put, you know, there's so much energy that we have, right? Mm-hmm. And just choosing what we're going to put that into. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of energy to pretend that you're something you're not. Oh, I think much more than just being authentic, right? You want to mm-hmm. talk about being exhausted as parents? Well, throw that under the plate. Yeah. <laughs> trying to pretend to be someone else that you're not all the time.
0: Oh. Yeah. Mm, so how can we thrive in parenthood, but not just survive through it? Yeah. How do we make that shift, right? Because it's, it's
1: really easy to just say that. Let's thrive. You know? <laughs> that's Today uh, I'm going to thrive. Yeah. I'm out of survival mode. Um, you know, I talk about um, when we decide to thrive in our lives, we play by a different set of rules. And I think that we're living our life by this default set of rules, this autopilot that we're on. And uh, if we want to shift that, we do have to make that conscious choice of just saying, all right, there is another way of doing this. And I'm going to get curious about what that is for me, because for each of us, it's different. Uh, And I think the, the key to it is just getting really curious really curious and playing with it um, because the way you're going to create your thriving life in your parent journey and the way you're going to Heather and yours is going to be different than mine, right? And everyone listening, it's not going to look the same. So if we get curious and experiment and play with it and just be open to creating something that's uniquely us. And what do we start with? What do we start with? Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? You know what? I... I'd say we start with play Mm -hmm. because I think when we talked about um, just leading off what you just said about kind of having to look a certain way, uh, that's not very playful or fun. No. You know, and if we want to get into and be inspired by our kids and what they can bring for us, uh, we can learn a lot about play because as adults, we've forgotten that like so often, I don't know what your experiences are, but when we go into parenthood, we stop playing. And we take it so seriously. And I mean, even adulthood, I think it starts long before parenthood often. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if we bring that play back, because I think we just connect to a powerful part of ourself, uh, who we truly are, that true essence of who we are and being present in the moment and just joy and wonder, all that stuff that we see our kids do so easily. But if we can bring that back into our lives in tiny little bits here and there, um, I think that makes all the difference.
0: Mm -hmm. So start looking at like playing and the realm of playing, happiness and what makes us happy and start from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think also we think of, okay, I'm going to insert play into my life. I'm going to sign up for a Zumba class or I'm going to sign up for baseball, you know, Mm -hmm. so like that's this formal kind of play. Awesome. That's great. But what I'm more curious too is about just uh, bringing playfulness into our way of being. And so, whether that's how we're doing the dishes or how we're making dinner or how we're thinking about life, or when, you know, that big pile of toys that you just got all together off the living room floor gets dumped again, you know, how do we meet oh, yeah. that with a spirit of playfulness? Because, you know what? It's dumped. So you kind of have some choices, and so if you can bring some play into that and how we navigate the day to day, then
0: there's more joy. There's more opportunity for joy. If you're um, the type of person that always think about your soul purpose or what's it is, is it like? Uh, sometimes it's hard actually to find what's your purpose, right? I'm always thinking about that myself. Um, Whether you think about trying to bring this into your life or incorporate it? Or, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: the science is behind you for mm-hmm. sure. <clears throat> that if we have clarity of what our purpose is and lean into that in our lives, I mean, that's an essential piece of thriving is living life on purpose. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get hung up that we have one purpose or mission, in life, what I like to invite people to do is, um, just to chase, uh, curiosity and resonance. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking, I've got to have a mission or a purpose, Mm -hmm. like, what are you really curious about? What are you, what resonates with you? You know, and it can be something completely random, like, There was an aerial silks class that I saw in my kid's gym and I was like, oh, that looks cool. I'm totally going to explore that. Or a podcast that, you know, I saw something and it resonated with me and I followed that and it connected me to this and then this and then this and and that. And suddenly my career is all around, you know, something completely different. But it wasn't because I was getting clarity on my mission and trying to think my way to it. But if we follow curiosity and follow what resonates with us, then it's going to uncover itself just by doing and playing with things as opposed to trying to sit back and think our way into an mm-hmm. answer.
0: Start with the little things mm. that like makes us smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What makes you smile? <laughs> of course, when you look at your little one every day, right? This is fantastic. But um, even when I work, I impact people in many different ways, right? Of course, I hygienist, I take care of or dental health or gum health, but um, I think it's more than this. It's more about taking care of the whole person Oh, absolutely, and as a whole. And, yeah. and I know myself when I accomplish this, one person at a time, it's one little seed at a time. So every day like this align with my own purpose. And yeah, it
1: makes me smile. Yeah. yeah well, it's that human connection, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, I think people get hooked on that their career needs to be some... I don't know, we, we have this story, it's some of those myths, getting back to the myths, we have this story about, um, you know, sure, I lead a revolution and stand on stage speaking to big audiences, yada, 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 but I think some of the most impactful people are not the ones writing the big books or standing on the stages, it's, you know, there's this bus driver on Galliano Island, have you met this guy? incredible the way he interacts he's he's a bit famous if anyone's been to galliano island knows about the, the bus hummingbird driver. bus the hummingbird pub bus Oh, really? <laughs> he's phenomenal he my kids year after year they know this guy they remember this guy he has a huge impact in their experience, he creates this bus that is so much fun. It has music, and he connects with people. He brings joy. He you know, makes music and plays, and he leaves a lasting, lasting impact on everyone he connects with. He's a bus driver, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So if we can find that way to bring joy and connection, because uh, that's what it's all about. We're mm-hmm. humans, and that's where we get it from.
0: Mm-hmm. How do we uh, as parents make time for self-care and how do we fit this in everything? (laughs) Mm, The eternal question, self-care.
1: Oh, I have a lot to say about self-care. Because I think a lot of times what we're choosing to give ourselves is self-care, things like a trip to the spa and, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not against the spa, (laughs)
0: Nobody is. I'm a big
1: spa fan. (laughs) Have you been to the Scandinavian spawn, Mr.? I love that place. Happy place. Um, But I think it can be little things too, right? Like how we are with ourselves and what really brings us, just what we were talking about, what really brings us joy. Mm -hmm. And so I think what happens when we become parents is those things that bring us joy and that really nourish us, how we fit them into our lives looks different. So for example, you know, something simple that a lot of people think of self-care, like, okay, go to an exercise class or a yoga class, right? And for me, yoga does totally nourish me. And before I had kids, you know, I'd go to a studio, I'd put on my sweet, cute little Lululemons, and I'd go to a yoga studio and it was, you know, a 90 minute class. So like that's two hours out of the day to do yoga. And after I became a mom, it looked different. You know, like it's the mat at home or, you know, I now do yoga on the ferry when I'm going, you know, and I've got my kids with me and we're doing it together and the dog's running between my legs and, you know, it's different. On the dog at the front? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we can still fit these things in. It just might look different. The other thing I talk a lot about is something called strategic synergy tasking. I think when we become parents, we multitask like never before. And multitasking is actually really um, traumatic to our nervous system. It's really hard on us. We think we're good at it and we're kind of proud that we can do it. No, actually nobody is, I think. (laughs) No, no one is good (laughs) at it. You can't actually multitask. You can only task switch. And so you're constantly switching between tasks. It's very inefficient and it's very painful on our nervous system. So let's all stop that. (laughs) So strategic synergy tasking is different. So it's where we find synergy in doing different things, but all in one time slot. So for example... I love mountain biking, super nourishing, love that. I love being out in nature. Um, The other thing that nourishes me is great conversations with girlfriends uh, and play, getting lost in the moment. So, you know, I just listed off four things. So I'm going to take an hour for this, hour for this, hour for this, that's four hours. Okay, how am I going to fit this all in? Well, how about on Tuesday afternoon, I go mountain biking with my girlfriends for an hour. I get all four of those things in one one hour time slot. And so that's the synergy of them coming together. And if I'm really savvy about it, I set it as a standing date so I don't have to text and email to plan it and cancel and shift around. Just have it set. Every week we go. And so you get these nourishing things into your world, but you find a way to put many of them. You get your nature, you get your connection, you get your play, you get your exercise all in this one hour slide. That's
0: one idea. That's a good idea. And, uh, I have noticed a lot of parents, um, are overwhelmed. How can we get out of that mode? Yeah. Just a few of us. Hey. Overwhelming. One or two. Just just one (laughs) or two. I've noticed
1: noticed just one or two. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just one or two. It's, um, you know, and I used to spend a lot of time being overwhelmed and I, I really, it's a state of being, right? That being overwhelmed. Uh, and it's a choice. It's a choice. And now, you know, overwhelm visits every now and then, but it's kind of like, oh, I recognize you. Yeah. No, you're not welcome here. You know, out you I'm go. not choosing this. Yeah, this I'm is not, not, not a choosing choice. this. I'm yeah. not choosing this. And so for me now, overwhelm, when I have that sense, because we all know what it feels like, right? Like, how does it feel in our body when we start to feel overwhelmed? And for now, like now I really see that as this red flag. And for me, when that sense comes, it's like, okay, something's out of line here. I got to make some changes. I got to make some shifts, and part of it may be like stop, take a breath. Mm-hmm. You know, it it may be that much, and that that's all it's required to make the shift. It may be that I stop saying yes to every time someone asks me to do something. You know, but it's a, it's a sign that something needs to shift because it's not sustainable. You can't live that way.
0: I don't really like myself when I feel overwhelmed. So. It's no. not pretty. No. It is not. I pretty, don't yeah. like it. The feeling's not. Do you feel overwhelmed sometime, Heather? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am human, right? <laughs> it comes with it's the territory. It does. It does, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think we get better at it, too. Like, I think as an adult, you know, before children, you actually become like better and better at managing overwhelmness or stress or whatever you want yeah. to however you want to put it right and then you have children and then like it's funny you actually <laughs> have to get used to all this again you have to relearn you, it almost. you have yeah. to relearn with uh, the new little one yeah. because your life changed and uh, I think it's important to do that quite early actually. Yeah. and it's well it's yeah. different what you're carrying
1: right like the weight of what you're carrying now that you're responsible for this other little human being It's different than, you know, job stress or, you know, home stress or... It's different, this weightiness of responsibility for another human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's a different kind, I think, of overwhelm that can happen. And you end up mixing together you know, really important life decisions. Like, you know, I work with women who are, you know, and men who are kind of like, are we going to get a divorce and what's for dinner? And did you sign up for swimming lessons? Like they're all lumped together on the same list, right? Like all these different things. And how do we tease these things apart? One of the things that um, I think overwhelm comes from is just decision overload. Mm. We're making so many decisions. And so one of the things that I've found really helpful is just to figure out where we can automate some of our decisions and how we cannot be making the same decisions over and over again. Like some people go to the extreme, like um, Steve Jobs used to wear the same clothes every day, right? And part of that is to eliminate the decision of every morning going, okay, what am I going to wear? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what fits me
0: today? And what, you know, what doesn't have spit up on it? Who's my color? <laughs> am I going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> Try something else. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even know that Steve Jobs wore the same thing every day. I heard yeah, so. really? I heard yeah, that, yeah. yeah,
1: mock turtleneck, mock turtleneck, gray I think it was gray mock turtleneck. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, when we can do that, you know, there's things like, you know, meal planning or whatever else, but just creating rhythm and routine. Um, we, you know, who's heard about that being soothing for kids? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Early childhood yeah, no, educator over here. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so- we, with routine, yeah. Totally, and but so, you know what? We're humans too. Yeah. It's the same. Like yeah. we as adults, it's also very nourishing to just have that rhythm and routine. Yeah. And we can do it for us so that we don't have to decide. So, you know, every Monday can be soup night, every Tuesday can be, like even just routine, you know, make it a different soup, but you're narrowing it down. And it actually really creates some really nourishing uh, rhythm and routine for your kids as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which you know, anything that you know settles them down around dinner time is mm-hmm. <laughs> good. In you my talked looks. about
0: playing earlier, right? Mm-hmm. I think my husband is so good with this. My husband always jokes, and he always goes back to having fun and playing. And I'm trying to following <laughs> on that path. It's not always <laughs> I'm trying happening. I to embrace it a little more, <laughs> <laughs> but I admire him for this because he's, uh, yeah, he's good to take things a little bit lighter than I do, mm-hmm. and. And I think uh, with our little family, it's going to bring a lot of fun and play into our little, like, yeah, into a little family. Yeah. And I think it's
1: true. And I, you know, I think it's common what you're experiencing that dads find that easier. Interesting. Yeah. Uh? Yeah. It's opposite of our house, but I'm, yeah. I, I'm the early childhood educator, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm just really fun. I just
0: really love to play. <laughs>
1: I did before is my career I played so that's awesome I was down you know clucking
0: like a chicken rolling like a pig in the mud I was like huh? parents used to look at me like really you want me to do what just do it just do it like the Nike it's slogan fun. right? it's, it's fun, fun. <laughs> come on <laughs> shake your tail feather yeah and uh, that brings yeah, me I to can my... tell that you're no fun
1: at all no uh, <laughs> they have no fun I'm at a pretty house. serious boring person over here <laughs>
0: And my next question is, I knew tennis, you call yourself a play evangelist. So what is that about? You know, you talked a bit earlier
1: about, um, I forget the words you used, but kind of your sole purpose of mm-hmm. who you really are. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, and I'm going to butcher the quote a little bit, but I'll try and get the essence of it. She talks about that only when we're at our most playful can divinity finally get serious with us. Mm. And I think she really captures it, that essence of, uh, when we are in play, then I think we're closest to that true essence of who we are and who we're meant to be in the world. And I think that it's through that, that we really uncover what we're meant to be and do. And I don't know, it's also a lot of fun.
0: So can you uh, leave us with three simple tools that uh, you've seen, as being super powerful in parents' lives? Oh, I love tools. I love, love, love tools. I am super (laughs) passionate
1: about research-based tools um, that are super easy to integrate into our lives because I think sometimes we hear, oh, here's your solution. Sit and meditate for 60 minutes a day. Yes, that would be very helpful. Um, Is that the easiest thing to integrate? Not so sure, not not for most of us. So one of my very favorite tools, and uh, I've been amazed at how much it resonates. Uh, so I definitely want to share that one. It's called. It has a really fancy name. Tune in here. It's called "Stop, Look Up, and Breathe," and you literally do that. It takes five seconds, and it's really interesting. Um, You know, there's tons of actual research behind how you're moving your body, you're opening your your chest, you're tipping your head up. We spend a lot of time hunched over our cell phones and not to know what else, and also over our babies. So to stretch and to look up and to take a breath in and out, it literally changes my day. So I can be in the middle of anything. And if I just do this a few times a day, it radically changes the experience
0: of my life. It changes space around you, definitely. Yeah.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 And so often it connects us with um, the natural world around us mm-hmm. to see the sky or just to see, you just get out of the mode you're in. It's it's uh-huh. a reset button. You know when they talk about, what is it, that big red easy button? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the big reset button. And it's always, I mean, what's great is that it's always available to us. So in the middle of a meltdown or in the middle of nursing or in the middle of anything, And it can just give us a whole other level of capacity to navigate. So that's one of my faves for sure. Uh, What's another good one? How about, okay, gratitude. (laughs) Who hasn't heard that gratitude (laughs) is a really useful tool, right? Okay, yeah. And then we're all supposed to have a gratitude practice. I want to talk about this because I see us doing this wrong. I see a lot of people kind of going, okay, I should do gratitude, because that's going to make me feel happier, because right now life sucks, (laughs) okay, so I'm going to do gratitude. And now, okay, um, my kids. Yeah, of course, I'm grateful. I have healthy kids, even though I think I could wring their necks right now. They've been driving me nuts all that. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I know I should be grateful. And so we do that. That right? is more like, conditioning. Yeah. But- <laughs> yeah, it's like guiltitude. I call it, That's my gratitude. That's yeah. guiltitude. So guilting ourselves, shooting ourselves into what we should feel grateful for. It's interesting. The research actually has come in solidly that that's actually more damaging than good. So stop doing that. <laughs> stop doing that. To so be honest. And just get really curious. Like, get curious. What am I grateful for? Like, right now, what am I actually really grateful for? Like, sometimes I'll look down. I have a good pair of boots on. And I'll go, yeah, what I'm really grateful for is these boots. Because these <laughs> boots are... Beautiful (laughs) boots, you know, or I'm really grateful the sun is shining because, oh, thank goodness, like, oh, the sun, it feels so good. And it can be the simplest things, but let's not look for the stuff we should feel grateful for and let's really hunt and find. So, because when we find the things we actually are grateful for and we lean into feeling them, that's what transforms our day.
0: Mm, I love it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask. Sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Mother, can you please pick one and read it to us? Game time.
1: Game time.
0: (laughs) All right, ladies. What would
1: be on the menu for your ultimate birthday dinner? Oh my goodness. You know, I went straight to dessert. (laughs) You mean the dinner of dessert? Chocolate eclair. I went straight to the chocolate eclair. I'm gluten-free right now and it's killing me. (laughs) Usually it's fine, but all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Oh. a baguette.
0: Oh, nice baguette.
1: Okay, so we're going to finish with a chocolate eclair. Okay. Okay.
0: And for you, Heather? Um, It would involve seafood, lobster, shrimp, Mm -hmm. garlic butter. I'm in. Okay, good. And I will join you on that chocolate declare at the end of the dinner. This is going to be a great meal. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I'm good, I'm good. What are you bringing? There's definitely a little dessert in there, but what's my favorite food? You know, I'm a red meat person. I love my prime rib. Mm. Oh, surf and turf. Oh, with with surf, surf and I turf. I love with it. That's dinner ever. Okay, we got to go. Oh, <laughs> we yeah. got to go make dinner. Uh, you know what? When I have dessert somewhere, you know what is three dessert? I can never pick. So I always say <laughs> I want all of them. I want a little piece of everything. I oft I often, almost all the time, say that. And people love it. You can see people's face. They're just oh, like, no. yeah, she's like going to eat I'm the all about the flavors. I love all the different I things. I try everything. So that's why right? I love whether it be the
1: appetizers or the dessert. I just love to be able to have a little bit of everybody's And buffet. I love
0: like big, air, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when you go for Chinese and there's like this thing, yeah. this table that turns <laughs> in the middle, <laughs> like, like for me, all my meals, if it could be a little bit of this and a little bit of that, like oh, it would always be We're like going to get along just fine. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> So Tannis, uh, we can find you on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca, but where else can we find you? You can find
1: me at tannisframe.com and I'm also on Facebook, TannisFrame Frame, Decide to Thrive. So find me there.
0: Well, that concludes today's episode. Well, thank you, Heather and Tannis, for taking the time to be here and for your contribution in other parents' lives helping us be the best parents we can be. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit us at the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Please take a minute to review us on Apple Podcasts. We want to know what you think. And remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents and sharing your thoughts ideas and experiences parent talk is a safe space for everyone and thank you for listening and have a great week the views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of parent talk and should not be considered as fact The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.